0: You're tuned in to the Tokyo Living Podcast, where we help you live a healthy and enjoyable life in one of the most amazing cities in the world. On this first episode of our Mental Health Month series, Resident Cognitive Behavioural Therapist Colin Coxall is back on the show to talk about a CBT approach to depression and suicide prevention. Tokyo Living is proudly brought to you by Club 360, changing lives through health and fitness.
1: Colin Coxall, welcome to the Tokyo Living Podcast. Hello,
2: Sam. It's great to be back. Thanks for inviting me back.
1: Yes, it's um, great to have you back. I think this is uh, your fourth time on the show now, fourth or fifth. Um, but uh, yeah, it has been a while since we've had you on. Yeah, it has. It has. It has been a
2: while. Yeah. I was wondering if you'd help me back, Sam.
1: <laughs> yes. No, we uh, had some other great guests on in the meantime. And, uh, to, oh, did I? I did to you
2: yeah. <laughs> um you, some fabulous guests. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's it's been great. Um, We're doing uh, Mental Health Month uh, on the podcast. Uh, This uh, Saturday, the 10th of September, is World Suicide Prevention Day. And um, I think uh, October uh, 10th, which I believe is a Monday, is um, World Mental Health Awareness Day. And so I thought that would be good um, in that sort of month between those two uh, awareness-raising days to have a, a specific focus on mental health within the podcast. Um, And obviously uh, you've been someone that we've had on and has shared some really great uh, information and advice around mental health. Um, So yeah, I thought you'd be the perfect person to kick off this mental health month. Um, So great. Thank you, Sam. So, today, um we're going to be talking a little bit about depression so obviously, um yeah you know, d- depression and anxiety are the two most most common mental health conditions um and the the most widely known conditions. And uh, it would be good to get your uh, perspective on depression as a condition, um, what it is and how perhaps from a, a cognitive behavioral therapy lens, you go about uh, managing individuals who are suffering depression. Um, perhaps if we can just start with a, a bit of a definition, um, how is uh, depression commonly defined and, and how do you sort of define it in the way that you practice? Oh,
2: yeah, no, that's a great question. By the way, um do you know what the com- most common mental health condition is i know I'm not being socratic do you, know, do you
1: know uh i don't know
2: insomnia right which which is one of the uh things that you look out for with uh depression you know there are several factors um you usually when i when I work with um depression what I usually do is um i usually do a screener for it. Actually I give out a questionnaire and the questionnaire I use, I use a very simple one because it only takes a couple of minutes to complete. And you can find it online uh very easily and it's free to use, which is another reason why I use it. Um it's called the PHQ9. It's the patient health questionnaire. Uh you know, nine questions. And they're basically all of the um criteria for Um, depression, I think, which is used in the World Health Organization, ICD-11. It was developed in 1999, but uh, it's still pretty sound. And the reliability of the PHQ is quite good. Uh, I mean, it it covers the main um, areas of depression, which are, you go through, so little interest or pleasure in doing things, feeling down, Hopeless hopeless it, it, it is really one to to look out for uh, with depression, particularly so, you know, there's the severe um, um, and uh, falling asleep, sleeping too much uh energy levels having little energy poor appetite or overeating, feeling bad about yourself, the idea of feeling like a failure, trouble concentration trouble on uh, trouble concentrating on things like newspapers or tv um your, your, your movement might be, um, slowed down so that you notice or a lot more fidgety. And, um, and of course there, there are, you know, thoughts of, um, uh, the, the, the question is thought should be better off that or hurt yourself in some way. And, and often in, um, um, depression, you know, people have those thoughts There's often not, uh, you know, plans or intention, you know, but if will it, it, you know, never never be afraid to ask about, you know, that question you know asking more about that to you know, keep people safe really um so that that that's what i would use the phq nine um and there's there's actually lots of different types of depression um i mean this this one really is referring to i think what we generally uh talk about uh with depression which is called major depressive disorder mm. um but there's lots of different types. I mean, the other ones are, you know, some people have it for a really long time, you know, persistent depression. Um, there's some people that experience bipolar depression, uh, seasonal depression, seasonal affective disorder, um, postpartum, peripartum, you know, when you have a baby, um, men are affected by that, obviously less than, than women, but men can be affected by that mm. as well. um, and, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, uh, which is PMDD, which is actually underdiagnosed. Uh, people don't tend to uh, talk about that or look out for that. Um, and then of course there are some situational depression, you know, events that happen in people's lives. Um, so to diagnose depression, just major depressive disorder, there are over 200 ways to diagnose depression. I think 227 to be precise. So, you know, it, it is um, very, very common, you know, yeah. and, and that's why I use the questionnaire. And there are some sort of ranges, you know, within that, which indicate, um, yeah, if we need to address that in kind of specific areas as well. And also keeping people safe is very important. Yeah. And that. Um, so, yeah.
1: so, yes, uh, that, that's great. In terms of, so those 220 um, diagnostics, is that all sort of suggestive? Uh, subjective measures, um, what, what other, so I'm assuming a lot of it's sort of, you know, questionnaire based and subjective measures like that, are there, what other tools are used, uh, or assessment measures are used to, to diagnose, um, de- depression? And, um, and I guess the other question was, and in terms of major depressive disorder, um, you talked about, uh, diagnosis before and underdiagnosis. Do we have any statistics on um, what we presume is sort of diagnosis rates amongst those that are actually suffering um, and also time to diagnosis from a, a musculoskeletal point of view? Um, we know mm. certain conditions have a very long time to diagnosis. People sort of put up with the symptoms or they come on slowly or um, they're not really acknowledged as an actual condition or something that interferes with function for a certain amount of time. And yeah, it's, it's very common that someone will work, walk through my door and say, you know, I've I've had this, this pain for, uh, you know, six months or 12 months and and that's how long it sort of takes for that diagnostic label to be applied. Um, do you know sort of roughly how that applies to, um, to depression?
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the PHQ-9 talks about the last two weeks, um, to screen depression, but it could have uh, you know, been around for for a lot longer than that and, you know, you know, for years, possibly, you know, simmering away. Um and, you know, sometimes people have, you know, several episodes of depression. People can get very good at getting depressed. You know, there is this idea that we need to dive into every thought and sort of challenge things. And so people can kind of uh, get very easily drawn into kind Of rumination and uh, you know, overthinking things, and actually, sometimes, and this is re- really a new, new, much newer development in the treatment of depression, which is more the kind of mindfulness based um, cognitive therapy approach, which is really about deciding whether you actually need to dive into the thoughts or whether you know it's really worth your to a today. Sometimes you've just got to glide over them and say, to you know what it is? It is what it is, you know, and, and um, you know, there's some very good um uh um material on that in particular mark williams material or you know his um website headspace um or Calm, you know a very good uh resources it's about sort of detaching yourself a little bit from the thoughts that would just sort of drag you into illumination and depression and that was the point you know so people can get very good at becoming depressed so it's really hard to say what the uh, numbers are but you know i mean people talk about it being the common cold of um you know the the the, the mental health landscape um it's hard to say what a lifetime prevalence or how many people have it now in some you know one in four Uh, you know, it depends where you look. It's very, very common. It's hard to put a number on it, really. Mm. Yeah. But of course, I see a lot of it um, in my work. uh, A lot of people haven't um, recognized it. You know, they come along with a surprise that it's it's depression. Sometimes it comes along with other things as well, you know, like uh, anxiety, you know, different things. yeah, It's hard to put a figure on that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. it's common, very common. Very
1: common.
0: Yeah. Club 360 is Tokyo's premier health, fitness, and rehabilitation center, offering physiotherapy, personal training, group fitness classes, boxing, sports massage, Pilates, and nutrition consultations. With two full time locations in Mota Azabu and Higashi Azabu, as well as satellite physiotherapy practices in Koen and Yokohama. Club360 boasts a team of high-level practitioners from all over the world, ready to take care of all your injuries and fitness needs, and guide you on a path towards a healthy and happier life. Come visit us at Club360.jp or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.
1: And what causes it? What uh, I mean, you've you've gone over a lot of different types, and uh, within that, you can. Understand some uh, potential causes, but but what actually causes someone to uh, to have that low mood, to have uh, those those feelings of depression?
2: Yeah, good. That's a great question. I I wish I uh, I wish I had an answer to that. Um, I mean, it is a mixture of things. You know, sometimes it's very clear. Sometimes it's situational. You know, loss, for example, losing someone or losing a job. Loss is usually a big in depression, but you know there 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 are lots of um, different factors. Uh, you know the way we think about things. You know our uh, biases. You know the, the all or nothing thinking. You know, for example, there's no kind of you know in, in middle ground for jumping to conclusions about things. You know, fine reading, catastrophizing things. So they're, they're all kind of heuristic ways that we think about the world. But in um, um, you know, they, they, they can be unhelpful and they can bring our mood down and they can, you know, for overthinking stuff, worrying a lot about stuff, you know, our brain uses 20% of our energy. So it's quite easy to become fatigued and, you know, it's quite easy for our concentration to be impaired as well, you know. So I would say the way we think about things um, and then, you know, we might withdraw from things, so it's then what we do. You know, we might withdraw from activities, um, and um, you know, life becomes less rewarding. Uh, you know, our emotions are impacted. We might feel you know sadder, you know, guilty for you know not going out and uh, hanging out with friends, um, and that just might lead us to you know withdraw and ruminate more. And then then there are unintended consequences. You know, so I don't. Of well, returning my friend's calls and then they don't call me. And I say, well, well nobody ever calls. Well, that's not true. Okay. It's because, yeah, you know, I haven't returned my friend's calls, but that's kind of the, how we can get stuck in depression. So, you our know, activity reduces, get a more negative view of ourselves. Um, you know, it's harder to cope with things. You know, We don't see things in you know, terms of making decisions and problem solving, you know, we, we, uh tend to ruminate on stuff um and then all leads to that sort of hopelessness really you know it's that that sort of you know what's the point you know loss of pleasure uh loss of you know achievement loss of purpose you know not engaging in the world not just reduced activity but sometimes how we engage with it, and it all kind of contributes to um you know a depressed mood, and then if you feel trapped in that, you know, and they can get quite severe, and, and for some people it can end up as well. And but the good news is, you know, all of that is very uh, treatable. All of that is very reserve, uh, reversible. So I've kind of answered your question in a way of not saying uh, what causes it, because actually, some I don't know, um, frankly, but um, I know what uh, what might keep it going, um, what might maintain it, if that makes sense.
1: Like if you were to ask me what causes back pain, um, everyone would like to think that they know, but, uh, yeah, in actual fact, we, we have little, little idea, <laughs> um, and I can imagine it's very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you take the, yeah. you identify all the yeah. factors. Yeah. Um, that may be contributing to, uh, to the, to this state, whatever, um, like if it is depression or back pain, um, and then, you know, you look at modifying those factors and, uh, and then sort of reassessing outcomes. And I can imagine, yeah, it, it's, it's fairly similar. Um, how, how do you go about yeah. the, um, approach? So if you have someone, uh, you know, who is presenting with depressive like symptoms, um, you screen them, you sort of yeah you make that, um, working diagnosis, um, what, and then you're obviously assessing all the other things that may be contributing to that. What, what other sort of information mm. are, you, are you trying to get out of that person um, to, to, to help sort of guide your management?
2: Well, it, it, the, I, I mean, the, the question really is, you know, why is this person having difficulties? Why have they come to see me? And why isn't the problem going away? Because often people that come and see me, um, often they're trying really, really hard to, you know, deal with the problem you know, depression, you know, and um uh but the uh strategies they're using that that they're, they're not working, you know. So, you know, sometimes people who are, you know, perhaps quite, I don't know, perfectionistic and all and that thing, thinking, they keep trying harder and harder to do something using the same kind of strategies and uh you know they, they, they don't seem to work. So what we do, we we have we, you know, we have a good look at what might be maintaining the problem, you know, some of the things we spoke about, the way, new ways of thinking, uh, rumination, uh, the way we think about ourselves, how we treat ourselves, you know, the way we talk to ourselves. Um, you know, some, some people are self-critical, you know, some people withdraw from life, you know, people avoid things and you know, get involved in unhelpful behaviours, drinking alcohol, for example, um, to excess. Um, you know, the, the mood drops that so people, um, just say, well, feel depressed. Don't feel like doing something. So I'm not going to do it, you know? So they put how they feel before, you know, the action, so they don't lead their life in accordance to their values, you they know, they let their mood dictate them, which is understandable. They don't feel motivated. And then you get a physical sensation. So that kind of drop away and, you know, sometimes with, um, Managing depression. There are lots and lots of different um strategies. I mean, one really effective way actually of managing depression, not all depressions sometimes, is um exercise actually. You know, it's a lot of evidence to say that that works really well. Yeah. You know, so um
1: don't speak too much uh, about that because we're gonna do a whole podcast episode on exercise for later, yeah. a later edition, but done yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um so so yeah, really why why, why are people having difficulties? Why isn't it going away? And our ultimate goal really is emotional change. Um, you know, I often say that, um, you know, happiness, you know, is a byproduct of what we do really, you know, we can identify what it is that's keeping us stuck, um, you know, then we can work out a treatment plan, uh, and work towards people's goals about, you know, what, what they, um, what they want to change in their life. And, uh, uh, you know, so emotional change, uh, sadness to contentment or if happiness, if, if that's attainable. And often is, Because mm. like, it's uh, something we all experience. Most of us experience, and it usually as a byproduct of what, of what we're doing. If we change what we're doing, then we're more likely to, to feel that. So I don't know if that answers your question. Um, I, feel, I feel like, I want to ramble. Am I like rambling, Sam?
1: Oh, I don't Come mind your yeah. rambles at all, Colin.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I that, know, also that the things people bring to their lives, their rules, their assumptions about their life and how they should be and how others should be as well, you know, it's a, we look at that as well, how they're working for them now. It might not always be working for them. You know, I always have to stand up for myself and be firm. Well, that's fine, but sometimes it's okay to be vulnerable yeah yeah depends on the context
0: are you in need of a good massage club 360 boasts a team of experienced massage therapists specialized in sports swedish deep tissue prenatal and postpartum massage techniques and are able to tailor treatment to your specific needs mention tokyo living to receive 30 percent off your first massage for first-time users. contact info at club360.jp for more details
1: just going back to, I guess, uh, it sort of ties into what we are talking about before with diagnosis. Um, th- this is obviously, uh, for, I guess, for the most part, um, a condition that uh, people will sort of um, present with. It's not like uh, you fall over and break your leg and you've obviously done something bad. Uh, these are some symptoms that people experience often um, unbeknownst to people around them, even those close to them, uh, which yeah, this was one of the reasons for well, the main reason that... Uh, there's so much of a focus on uh, awareness around mental health, um, but obviously that's got to affect diagnosis rates as well. Is that people just don't either don't acknowledge the symptoms or don't disclose the symptoms? Would that be the case? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, it's
2: it's you know, some people um, don't want to show weakness. You know, some people don't want to um, sort of have a I don't know, a diagnosis ought to be seen as, you know, something, you know, wrong with them. And there's nothing wrong with pe you know, people that have depression, but, you know, often people are trying too hard, you know, and and then my role is is actually to just say, like just you know, just just you know, calm it down, take a step back, have a look at what's happening and, and you know, let let's, you know, obviously what you're doing now isn't working for him, so let's let's see um different ways. Um so you know. Sometimes we identify you know somebody's you know what people are doing, what their thoughts are um you know we review um you know we test things out um you know we look for evidence to see if you know things are working for that person, and if not then we we see if there are other ways we check them out. We do things sometimes called um behavioral experiments, you know see if we can do things differently to see if that does make a difference you know I mean a big thing in cognitive therapy um, is um, simply activity recording, you know, uh, in, in depression, and that can be incredibly powerful because then, you know, you can start to identify patterns, you know, once you start analysing things, then you, you, you can see things that are keeping you stuck, you know, so, you know, we gather data as well to see what, what patterns are and, you know, we basically try and break those patterns and try and test out new ways of of being and um, a massive part of what I do as well in my work is relapse prevention, which is really important because we know that people that have um, depression are quite likely to relapse. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually have more than one episode, so really try to, you know, certainly in my work, I try to, um, I have this thing about helping people d- to become their own therapists. I try and put myself out of a job. Uh, sometimes people put me out of a job anyway. Um, but sometimes it put me out of a job because I'm doing a good job. That's not always the case. Um, but when, when we do that, that's all about relapse prevention. it's about people sort of, you know, getting off and, and having the tools and the, the skills and having that in the toolbox to work things out. And if they can't, it's fine We can come back, we have a, you know, uh, booster sessions or, you know, whatever they're called, but you, relapse prevention is a big part of what I do. Yeah.
1: I think, and, uh, I mean, you have an the- approach. Yeah, are you able to provide like an example of a, a, a strategy that you might use for relapse prevention? Um, what, what are some of the things that you might might sort of use with a with a patient?
2: Well, specifically for relapse prevention, um, it, well, relapse prevention starts from day one, really. I've always yeah. got one eye on sort of finishing and you know relapse prevention. So everything we do is geared to that. And actually at the end, what I usually do for the people I've worked with and I haven't done this, please accept my apologies. <laughs> Probably means I've forgotten to. Um but I I I use something called a I call it a blueprint, which is basically a document which sort of goes through, you know, what brought you here, you know, what was keeping the problem going, um, you know, what things have been useful, um, you know, what what would you do in the future if if things were a little bit difficult. You know, what, what tools would your employees so or anything coming up that you need to sort of think about sort of, you know, skill up on, for example, you know, what, what, think about what people's goals are in a month, six months, in a year, I always use five years as well, because that's always a value, you know, it's a direction that people want to head, head in and you know, nobody really knows what they're going to be doing in five years, but you're heading in the direction. You know, you're living your life in the corner, screwing your value. So, so that's what I do, really. And that's a document that people then take away and uh, have that they can then refer to as a starting point. Um, you know, if they, if they need to. Um, so that in itself is a um, is a strategy. But then, one of the first things I do really is is so when, when we talk about diagnosis, you know, I don't really diagnose. I know it sounds like a do, but I don't, really. What I do is I, I, I look at what's keeping the problem going. I call that, you know, it's formulation, really. So I share that with people and we look at what's keeping the problem going, you know, what the cycles are. You know, we try and break those cycles. So again, I mean, that's, that's another strategy that I use. And then when, once we identify what's keeping the problem going, we can develop a treatment plan. To break each of those kind of cycles, really, and that then matches towards our goal. And my in my work, it's always to find limited. You know, I never keep anybody in therapy for any longer than is absolutely necessary. I don't believe in it, it's not necessary. And I'm always putting myself out of a job. You know, I feel good about that most of the time, not, mm. not always.
0: Club 360 are proud to announce the launch of our online corporate ergonomics and wellness program. This program is delivered in bite-sized chunks of 1-5 to five minute video clips every day for 12 weeks and covers topics such as pain, injury prevention, desk setup, productivity, all-cause mortality as well as a guide to 20 easy to implement desk-based exercises to keep you active throughout the workday. We also have an optional test and certification available.
1: I guess uh, just moving on uh, as I said at the start of the show um, this week, which will be uh, when this airs uh, last week uh, on September 10th is um, World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, I thought that uh, it might be good to just to go into uh, your thoughts around, you know, suicide and, and potential to link links with, uh, with depression.
2: Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, that there, there are links with um, uh, uh, depression. I mean, just to say as well, I mean, I, I today we're talking about the cognitive behavioral therapy as a psychological therapy, and of course there are lots of different um, approaches. There are other, you know, types of therapies as well, you know, that people practice can, can be very uh, effective. You know, off the top of my head, when you think about some of the mindfulness based you know, cognitive therapy approaches, psychodynamic, interpersonal therapy, counseling depression, and some medication as well. You know, for some people, it can be incredibly helpful. So going back to that idea of, you know, if you break a leg or if you've got back pain or whatever, you know, you don't go and get help for it. You know, there's a lot of different um, options in managing depression. It's not just uh cognitive therapy, but it or cognitive therapy, but it it can be very, very effective for people. Um so I mean I mean not everybody that is depressed um will go on uh to, to um end their life. Um I think it's very important actually to to say that, um, if that's a vast majority, won't um, I think there's a lot of hope with you know the treatments. I mean, certainly much more now than when I started in this field. You know, people when they reach out, they can get very, very um, effective um, treatments. Um, I think one of the issues with uh, uh, suicide. Um, as I say, you know, depression is part of the landscape, but it doesn't explain it completely. You know? Sometimes, you know, th- th- there is just, you know, there is a perfect storm really around it. Um, and, um, you know, I think the first thing is that people should be prepared to have a conversation around, it, you know, see people around them that, that are, you know, distressed. Um, you know, to have a conversation, to be kind, compassionate, you know, to be human, you know, try and interrupt those thoughts and, you know, give people that chance to, to reconsider really because there's always hope, you know, I mean, that's why I, I wouldn't be doing this yeah. uh, job that I do if I didn't know there was hope. And, and I, uh, uh, that's really, you know, a message I would give people that having you know, thoughts of uh, suicide, that uh, there is hope um, and there are people that want to help. You know, have to feel trapped. You know, people often talk about, uh, you know, being, you know, trapped or in a, you know, deep hole uh, that, you know, sometimes they can't get out of, but there's always somebody willing, if they know that they'll put their hand down, you know, throw something down to, to, to help you, to bring you out of that, you know, so I would say to everybody, you know, be prepared to have a conversation. You know, people being prepared to listen, don't shy away from it, walk towards it. I know that's that's tough sometimes to do. Uh and people that um people they can't talk about it. Well actually you can, you know, it, a lot of people do have experienced those thoughts. And um uh, I don't know some what 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 it's a it's a hard thing to um uh to say definitively really. I'm I don't feel like I'm an expert in this at all. All I know is that um you know my experience I yeah, always walk towards it and then walk away from it. I'd encourage people to do that. What 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 do you think, son?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely I mean I think that's uh yeah, acknowledgement and um, trying to, to, to face these sort of issues uh, head-on is, is the, the first step. Um, and just you know, understanding that uh, a lot of people are, are struggling in are in sort of a uh, situation. The more we talk about things, um, the easier we make it for everyone.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, I think it's important people don't feel they're alone. You know, and there's a lot of support out there. I mean, there's some excellent MPO organisations uh there's the english speaking one uh, was it tell they've done a brilliant job for many many years um you know with their lifeline and helped an awful lot of people um and there's you know lots of you know the the japanese version i think it's you know them what you know it's uh, medical professionals uh therapists out there i mean there are uh even digital um uh options you know what I mean? um, Things like, uh, you know, there are apps, there's the Stay Alive app, My Happy Place, uh, Virtual Hope Box, the Black Dog Institute. I mean, there's lots of, um, uh, you know, potential resources um, out there. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's about looking, you know, and, uh, um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, when we're sort of discussing such a, a gloomy top, pop topic, I think that it's important to yeah to, to really focus on the positives and, um, and, and just keep reinforcing that there is help out there, and that if people are struggling, there is um, yeah. yeah that they need to to do everything they can um, to improve the quality of their lives. And uh, speaking to someone and, and uh, proactively seeking help is obviously uh, the first step towards that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, you know, if you see a friend or, or, or somebody that, that that's struggling, don't don't you know just just be human you know, just reach out and and you know, be kind ask awesome them how they're doing. You know, if you think they're you know, in a really difficult place, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask them if they're uh, even that question. I think you're ending your life? You know, they're killing yourself. You know, don't be afraid to ask that question. You're not going to plant ideas in people's heads. You know, sometimes it's going to come across as a real relief. So, yeah. you know, people, you know, shouldn't be afraid, in my opinion, to do that. But I'm, as I said, I'm not an expert. I'm just really saying what what, what I would do, really. It's a, uh, a professional,
1: you know? Yeah, Fantastic. Um, well, really appreciate your time, as always, Colin. Um, do you have any other sort of last words in relation to this? Uh, anything else that, that people should keep in mind?
2: Well, maybe uh, just a little message. You know, it's people looking out for, um, you know, risk and and, and stuff, particularly, you know, professionals. Um, I would say one thing that tends to be neglected is that sort of perfectionism thing, you know, people that think, uh, you know, what others expect of us, you know, they think what others expect of us are actually what they are expecting of us, and sometimes it's not. And so sometimes people have this sort of social perfectionism which is uh, also a risk factor, which is often spoken about in these um, uh, uh, kind of forums. And, um, um, you know, so uh, I, I would say, you know, get, get yourself skilled up on, you know, some of the stuff around uh, social perfectionism, social anxiety, because it doesn't show up on the, um, the uh, uh, you know, the questionnaires that you might do, in you know, particularly social anxiety. So, you know, find out more about it. Understand that, you know, if you are experiencing it, that there are very good treatments and you know, a lot of the professionals are going to go out and skill up and get some. Uh, uh, some of them already have, but you know, watch out for social anxiety, I would say. Self compassion, forgiveness are great antidotes to that. They're very protective to that sort of you know, social perfectionism. But the thing is, you can get so caught up in your head with it that it's hard to, again, try too hard. And actually, you know, sometimes you need a slightly different perspective. So I would say, you know, talking about depression, we spoke about, you know, suicide, but I'd also say there are other, you know, conditions and factors. And I think sometimes that sort of social perfectionism and social anxiety or something that, you know, firstly, there's some very, very good treatments. And secondly, you know, professionals, uh, make sure you can uh, get trained. Mm. Terrific. Well,
1: Thank you very much for that, uh, Colin, and then thanks for, uh, for coming on a- again, and um, we'll make sure it's not uh, not quite so long before we get you back on in the future. Um, thanks, Sam. And, uh, yes, we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Tokyo Living Podcast. If you enjoy the content, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you'd like to enjoy your podcast. We look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Have a healthy and active week.